Today in the Show Me Institute podcast, Dr. Susan Pendergrass speaks to Virginia Walden Ford. Virginia's struggle to bring school choice to Washington, D.C. is depicted in the recently released film, Miss Virginia. And her new book, School Choice, A Legacy to Keep, is available now. Find more Show Me Institute podcasts on SoundCloud at SoundCloud slash Show Me Institute and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Here's Dr. Susan Pendergrass and Virginia Walden Ford. So I watched the movie, Miss Virginia, recently. Loved it. I cried. I don't want to give any spoilers, but I cried at one very sad part, but it was really great. And what I love about it is, um, I love a lot of things about it. Uzo Aduba is great, but um, I've always said in working on school choice and as a parent to three kids, parents are like a powerful force or can be a really powerful force when you get them riled up. You know, across the spectrum, across backgrounds, I know like the suburban parents, you threaten to take away sports or all day kindergarten, they'll show up in force at uh, school board meetings or bond referendums. I mean, there really can be a very powerful force if you take advantage of it. And you're obviously proof of that because you like single handedly um, rallied parents to get a school voucher program in D.C. So I love that about the movie that people get to see how powerful parents can be. Me too. Actually, that's the one thing that thrills me about the movie is that it actually, for the first time, shows parents being powerful and and empowered. And uh, so that that makes me really happy. It's it honors parents all over the country who have been fighting for their kids for a long time. So you had a son who you were getting concerned about in Washington, D.C. because uh, he wasn't he wasn't doing very well in school basically. Oh no, he was, he was doing horribly. He was doing horribly in school, wasn't showing up. And, um, just a little bit on, 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 uh, what happened with William. Well, you know, William was uh, almost 14 and I started seeing changes in his behavior. Mm -hmm. He was not wanting to go to school. He was getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, And it scared me because I had not had that experience. I have two other children, actually. And I had had a positive experience with them because both of them are academically driven. And I knew William was smart, but he was doing everything in his power to stay in trouble. And... um, and I didn't really understand it. I mean, you know, I would take him to school, he would leave. I would yeah. talk to teachers, you know, they were not very positive about him mm-hmm. in their classrooms. I mean, they they thought that he just didn't care. Yeah. I think what I began to see was something else going on. And because I knew he was smart, mm-hmm. um, and but he, there was something that was keeping him from moving forward. And what he told me was people just didn't care. So he Mm -hmm. didn't see any reason to do well because they didn't care. Well, what about this notion that the D.C. public schools didn't have enough money or the kids were difficult to educate? Because St. Louis, trust me, we have uh, big problems in St. Louis, as you know, like big problems. I keep up with cities and I know what I try to keep up what's going on. And and, you know, the I went to school board meetings and I talked to people and they were like, well, these kids don't want to learn Uh. anyway. And then I watched schools in more affluent areas where kids were really um, excelling, thriving. And I couldn't figure out what was going on in in schools in lower income community or working class communities. Mm-hmm. It didn't make sense to me. And I began to feel like maybe they just don't care. Maybe mm. they're not going to put 
any effort into making sure kids get what they want to have because sure. they don't care. Yep. And that's when I started um, talking to other parents and they were having the same issues. And um, and I was really lucky because I, I, I did connect with uh, a group that was trying to do something um, through Congress yeah. and became kind of a spokesperson. Yes, you which did. Which was weird because you that did. wasn't... That wasn't me. I was the <laughs> behind-the-scenes mama. You know, yeah, I yeah. made the cookies and the cupcakes and everybody else spoke. So it, w- it was a weird position for me to be in. Mm-hmm. But I also saw my son failing. Yeah. And I I got scared, you know. Mm-hmm. You know how that feels. What can I do for this child? How can I make it better for him? Mm-hmm. And right at that time... I actually, and this this is kind of different from the film, but I actually got a scholarship, a partial scholarship from a neighbor mm-hmm. who saw something in my son that was really good, and, mm-hmm. and we were able to uh, talk about that in the book. Mm-hmm. And um, so he thought William could do well if he were in an environment that would yeah. um, welcome him. Sure. And uh, well, I went to school with that boy to the private school that we were going to try to enroll him in. And I immediately saw a smile on his face, a change in his behavior. And uh, it it was an amazing kind of thing. He started wanting to go to school. Once we enrolled him, he was excited about learning. And so I asked him, and you know, that middle school, beginning or high school age, they don't talk a lot. Oh, yeah. I have well, two what sons. he said to me was, <laughs> this is the first time in my life that people seem to care about whether I learn or not, Mama. And uh, wow. uh, up to this point, I only thought you cared about whether I learned. And now there are others that care. And that was a lot coming from that That's age. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. you, know, you know Andrew Campanella? Oh, yes. We did a podcast much. recently. And he's got a new oh, book out. You have a book out today on, on school do. choice on, and a memoir of yours, which is fascinating. But he has a book out helping parents choose a school. And he also is motivated by meeting a, a young boy in Kansas City who f- they found the right school. And this little boy said he felt like he belonged. Like I he was. Ha- he it's not like uh, he's going to get higher test scores. You know, he f- yeah. hopefully he will. But it's like he finally felt for the first time, I think he said, like he belongs somewhere. And that's so important yeah. to kids being able to be successful in school. It is. It's so important to that. kids. And Andrew's book, actually, Andrew is a dear, dear friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told him just yesterday, I'm not going anywhere with my book without your book. <laughs> yeah. Is amazing, yeah. and uh, and you know, he has really made a book the parents will understand. Absolutely. And up until this point, everything I've ever read was in legalese yep. or um, think tank lease, yeah. and parents just didn't get it. And gotcha. this book is so important for parents that um, it will be a part of me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah, take yeah, it with you, me. But um, that's what we. Um, that's what we saw with kids. We we saw kids that really wanted to learn, but had been told that they couldn't so often that they believed it. Yeah. So what's happening now? I feel like having worked in this area for a couple of decades and things were 
kind of ramping up in the beginning and people were getting it that kids need a variety of options, all of a sudden it's become the thing to be against, letting anyone out of their assigned public school. And it's so frustrating to me um, that we have to keep them, that there are forces working against people like you and parents like you to make sure that your kid cannot leave the school that is not working for him. What do you think is going on there? Well, you know, interestingly enough, I've been talking about this for a year and uh, or more. But in the beginning, when we started, it was that same kind of environment. Yep. They didn't care about parent voices. They didn't trust parent voices. Yeah. And over a period of time, parents became very powerful because parents were willing to use their voices. And there were not just me, but many people out there that were encouraging parents and saying, if you step up, it, it, you can make positive changes for your children. And that went on for several years. I mean, I believe that a lot of the school choice programs are in place because it was such a uprising of parents and, and parent voices. Over the last couple of years, I've seen that change. It's almost in some ways back to where we were in the beginnings. And I started in the 90s, sure. you know. And, um, and it frightens me that that is happening. Mm -hmm. So I've been encouraging organizations that are fighting for school choice programs in their state. It, bring parents to the table as partners. I think you know, true. make sure that the parent voices are part of whatever you do. And, um, and I'm hoping that that's going to happen. But I, when I read about parents not showing up for stuff or parents not using their voices, I actually have tried talking to parents, even in D.C., yeah. about what's different. You know, why are you not stepping up? And some parents have said to me they don't feel welcome. Uh. They don't feel that people want to hear what they have to say. And so it, it's almost like going back to those That's days where people started because I remember when, when we decided we were going to continue to fight for a scholarship program in D.C., many people told me you can't do it. Parents will not step up. And then when we brought hundreds and ultimately thousands sure. of parents to Capitol Hill every day for a long time, <laughs> our actual legislative fight was a whole year, but we had been working up to that of course. prior to the actual legislative fight. I think people were surprised. And, and I said, I don't know why, why you're surprised. We are the first teachers of our sure. children. We are the people that are going to be the advocates for our kids. But parents need to know they can. Mm -hmm. We ran into parents saying, I don't think it's appropriate for me to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is your child. You have every right to speak up for your child. So I, it was I, yeah. not easy, and I see it falling back to that, and it's really upsetting. It, you it, know, I'm hoping, mm -hmm. my hope and prayer is that the book and the movie yeah. will inspire parents and will will give parents an idea of what they could do if they use their voices. I mean, I, I'm thrilled with the movie and yeah. even more thrilled with the book because I think they're um, for parents. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I want everybody to read it, certainly, and I want everybody to see the movie, but I want parents to sit back and say, what could I this do? could be me. That's if right. one 
voice can make a difference. Maybe it could be my voice. I had a parent at one of the premiere of uh, release screenings mm-hmm. come up to me with tears. Oh. Young parent, white from Arkansas, from a rural community. And she came up to me with tears and she said, watching this movie has made, I have felt so inadequate. Watching this movie has made, oh, I can't hard. I know, we can't all be Virginia Walden for it. Well, we could be, yeah. You can. And and what I said to her, I'm a parent first. Sure. I didn't know any more than anybody else when I started. But what I did know is that if somebody was going to fight for him, my son, it was going to be me. For sure. And I was going to win because he deserves it. And so do all the children in this country. And the young woman who came up to me at the uh, movie, her husband was standing there saying, all during this movie, she's been going, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, and I it's, said, it's, she will do great. She'll do fine. It's sad here in St. Louis because what I think has been happening, we have a big problem with our Department of Education at the state level not being transparent about school performance. So we have Ferguson Florissant's pretty well-known district because of all of its problems. And last year, 3% of the 8th graders were proficient in math. And they won't allow any charter schools. They used to have a school transfer program where students could transfer out. But because the State Department of Education has now called Ferguson Florissant fully accredited, even with single-digit rates of proficiency. And clearly they have, we've had, well, a horrific number of children murdered this year in in St. Louis uh, through gun violence, like young children. I mean, we have parents who want to know that their kids are going to come home from school after they leave in the morning. And that's that's really fundamental. And yet they're being told the schools are fine. And they're not fine. This, and no. you know, and the parents know when they go in the school building, it doesn't feel fine. You know when your kid no. goes to a bad school without, yeah. you know, without any label on it of accredited or not accredited. You know it's not a good school. And I know that there are parents in Ferguson Florissant who would do anything to get their kids out. And right now there's no legal way to do that. And it's there's frustrating. No it's yeah, frustrating. I mean, that was... That was the way it was when we first started. There were no options. It was violence in the school. Sure. Kids were getting murdered. DC Kids was terrible. It was horrible. And I just did not want that for my son. And so we did fight. But, you know, I want to give St. Louis hope. Yeah. If parents will use their voices, if parents will stand up and say, we are not going to put up with this anymore then you can see changes. And I always tell parents, go to your legislators, mm-hmm. make sure you sit down with them, remind them of where their kids go to school. That's right. That's and right. what we found in D.C. is that most of Congress kids went to private schools. Of course they did. You know, and this fight about charter schools is disturbing. Some charter schools have been incredible for kids. Absolutely. Oh, we have a charter school here in Arkansas who leads the nation in test scores for yeah. kids. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have to start making sure. See, they think we don't understand. That's the thing. That's the biggest the problem. Parents and communities so like Ferguson have, can't understand, and that's not true. Yes. That's yeah, true. And, and so they've got to 
parents have got to inform themselves, make sure. You know, I used to tell the parents in D.C., when somebody asks you a question, know the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're going we're gonna to talk about it, and we're going to study, and we're going to learn what's going on. If somebody says, how many kids, what is the percentage of kids that are reading well in D.C.? Know the answer. It's go. about informing yourself. If they're not going to believe in us, we're going to believe in ourselves. And we're going to go out there, and we're going to tell these people you cannot continue to do this to our children, yeah. to our children, because mm -hmm. it is. It's about adult issues, about power and money. It makes me so It's angry. all about power and money. Don't get it Howard is. Fuller started either. You know what I mean? That's, that's exactly what it's about, power. And it's power, not about children. And power comes from money. And they spend uh, probably double per student in D.C. or in St. Louis than what private school tuition can be. I mean, they spend a, a lot of money. And then there's this idea that, I sometimes, I don't know if this is a good way to characterize it, but like, don't let any kids get in the lifeboat if you can't get the Titanic, you know, upright again. Uh -huh. Don't put any kids in the, in the lifeboats. And I fully disagree with that. I oh, feel I like get too. as many kids in lifeboats as possible. As, and after you get the kids in the lifeboat, continue yeah. to find other lifeboats to That's get more right. kids in. That's right. You know, I use Harriet Tubman a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, she spent a lot of time getting slaves out of the South. Mm -hmm. But behind the scenes, and she was amazing, behind the scenes, she fought to change slavery. So people, people don't often know that those people that are the most successful in making changes in society are the people that not only found a way to support those that need it right now, but find a way to change the system. And that's what parents have to do, even after our legislative fight, even after we won. We didn't just stop talking. We kept talking because the scholarship program could only serve a certain number of children right. because that was the money they gave us. But we still had children in schools that we know we knew we needed to change system. For a little while, D.C. was doing pretty good. They were. And then, of They've course, had a couple you know, glitches. changes occur. But I'm still hopeful. D.C. was I'm doing really well. I'm that we yeah. can figure out ways to help kids in St. Louis and D.C. Yep. and Arkansas. And But it's got to start with parents using their voices. We have got to stand up. I have gotten called so many names because <laughs> I stood up in meetings and said, I don't have to accept no. this, you know, and uh, I, you know, I shudder to think about all the things I got called, but, and <laughs> that's okay. It was, that's worth, okay. you know, it was worth You're it. You're a warrior. Because I, I knew who I was. Do you ever hear um, anything about rural school choice? I don't know if that's something that you've ever, I know you, you're in Arkansas, but you're in Little Rock. It's not rural, but I, a lot of what I hear in Missouri, you know, Missouri is a very Republican state. But most of it's rural. And they're like, there's no way that school choice works in rural areas because yeah. there aren't private schools. I'm like, private schools will show up. I think they they will. You know, yeah, well, we talk, Arkansas is very rural. Sure. 67% of the kids that are educated in the state are on farms and in the country. Yeah, yeah. So I fight for all kinds of issues. I fight for um, online schools. Yeah, because yeah. Because... 
a lot of times kids who are working on farms who are in um, those kind of situations can really benefit from those schools. Mm -hmm. I work, I fight for homeschooling mm -hmm. because I think that given the right tools, parents are great educators. Sure. I fight for um, private schools. So I fight for every delivery system. We just have to put in the hands of, especially rural parents, the ways to, the means to get to that. That's right. I work with an online school here in Arkansas that's doing great in the rural communities. And, mm -hmm. and it was interesting because they reported that 46 kids were on the rodeo circuit. Oh. And those kids had not been doing well because... You know, they had to take off to go to the rodeo and they were missing school and the nearest school was 40 minutes away, public school. And so this online school has really been effective for them. And I can see it being effective for all kinds of kids that work in those environments. But you have to, we as parents have to stand up and say, okay, I live on a farm. My children are not getting what they need. What can we do about it? And, and then give them some sure. examples. And those are all kinds of ways that kids can, you know, people assume I only fight for uh, vouchers, but I fight for quality education. Sure. I fight for every child to be in an environment that meets their needs. Exactly. And um, and that's, that's what parent, we as parents have to keep repeating. It has to become your mantra. Quality education, quality yeah, education. Yeah, yeah. Kids come first, and which it has mine, yeah. and um, and, so, and and there's never a situation where I say to a parent, you can't be successful because parents can be successful, of but they gotta know they can. Mm -hmm. And society has beat us up so much. Yep. You know, if a kid fails, then they blame the parent. Sure. But if a kid succeeds, they blame the, they they, they get credit, credit the schools. But, yeah. And that just was crazy to me. So when my son started excelling, he, he graduated valedictorian. And Aww. this was a kid who people told me to give up on. Aww. Don't waste your time. He is not going to do well. And he's smart. He just bought his first home. Aww. I mean, those are stories that parents need to hear. Right. So we try to, Andrew, myself. Yeah. We try to make whatever books or movies or whatever we do be directed to parents. I to see that as my say, audience, too. Yeah, I, I can do it. Yeah, you can. You, you need information. I think that's right. I feel like uh, here in Missouri, since the state education agency is not really giving parents information, I'm going to be working to give them school report cards and put information in the hands of parents. And again, that's a very powerful force, I think. And like Andrew and I were saying, Parents don't care what kind of school it is. I don't, they don't care if it's a charter or private or whatever. No, as long as it's a good school that works for their kid, they don't exactly. care about the label. And I don't care about the label. I'm not going to say you should go to a charter school. You should go to or whatever anywhere. works or anywhere. But you That's should have three, four, five options available. And I know with my three kids, they did different things. Like one of them I homeschooled for a year and one, you know, a couple went to a governor's school. I, we didn't have very many choices in Virginia at the time, but it's like, even within one family, the same choice isn't right for all three kids. So no, you no. need to have, you know, options available to you to put together a personalized program for each kid. And I wish that more parents in Missouri could uh, feel empowered to demand those types of choices. 
And that's what the word is, is being empowered. That's and right. and parents just don't feel that way. So my, my little mantra to parents is information, inspiration, and love. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can do it if you embrace those things, you know. And I used to tell the parents as we fought in the walls on in the halls of Congress, yeah. carry a picture of your child because when it gets rough mm-hmm. and when people are being uh, mean to you, and yeah. they were mean, I'm going yeah. to just say it, take that picture out and remind yourself why you're fighting, you know. And William pictures stayed in my pocket, and oh, every time funny. people would say we couldn't do it, or every time people would say you need to get out of this whatever you're doing, and every time people would harass the leadership of our parent groups, I take that picture out and I go, boy, I'm fighting for you. That's right. And uh, and even my kids say even now, my my kids went to see the movie. Yeah, did they like it? They didn't know. Uh, they oh, love William <laughs> the boy is kind of de- uh, depicted in the movie. Said, <laughs> "Mama, this has become my favorite movie." He's been watching it like every weekend, and uh, and he called me the other night and said. Miss Virginia, guess what I'm watching? And I said, what? He said, Miss Virginia. I mean, (laughs) he is so excited to have what he went through revealed to the world. And And you have grandchildren too, right? It was there for him. And you have grandchildren? Yeah, and my other kids and my grandkids. One of my little great nephews, who's only five years old, came to the um, one of the openings. And we thought he'd probably go to sleep or wouldn't understand at the end, I watched him. He was standing up. He was clapping. <laughs> At the end of the movie, he said to me, Aunt Jenny, that was really good, and that was you. And, I, <laughs> and he was five. Now, I'm not saying every five-year-old will understand it, but yeah, that's great. It, it was so exciting to watch my children understand it because oftentimes I didn't take it home. I had to go home yeah, and cook yeah. and sure. homework. And so a lot and of you stuff. And you had they, two jobs, know, right? You worked yeah. One came home, went, went. But parents can do this. I know. If, mm-hmm. if I can do it with my shy crazy, and I'm not anymore, but I was, um, no information self, then anybody can do it. I had to teach myself to be an advocate, and mm-hmm. that's what parents have to do, which is why I agreed to the movie sure. and why we wrote the book. Now, and, you, you um, did um, have... Uh, parents who were also um warriors right for oh. civil rights and you and your sister Absolutely. participated in the desegregation of little rock schools yeah well you know my parents were teachers and yeah. they were civil rights activists and in in the in the mid-60s when i went into high school i remember my father i didn't want to go <laughs> sure. because the schools had been integrated in 57 after Brown versus the Board of Education. The Lurock Nine had gone in through lots of publicity and lots of negative stuff. So 10 years later, when it was time for me to go into high school, I'm like, oh, no, I am not going to Central. <laughs> I'm going to the black high school where I can be protected and safe. And my dad told me, and this has stayed with me forever, you have a responsibility to go to Central to embrace all the materials and everything the school has to offer, that is your responsibility because you have younger siblings. And how mm. are they going to look at you if you don't go? Oh. And I was 
14, but that really made sense to me. Sure. You know, I had two little sisters that I adored, and I didn't. I, I wanted to make sure that when they came behind me that it would be a different world. So I went in and I did well. It was tough, but I think it set the tone for where I would go with my adult life. So cool thing. You have a memoir with that and so much more in it coming out today, basically. Today. So yep. School Choice, A Legacy to Keep. And I'm sure that... Um, Anyone listening to this would want to hear more because you have such an interesting life story. I don't know if you ever thought you would end up here, but you're like, you know, you're like a, a warrior. You're an example. You prove what parents can do and what they can be. And you clearly uh, make the point that I don't care who you are. Your children are the most the, the one person that's going to advocate for a little kid the most is their parent. They're the one Absolutely. that knows them the best. And to say yep. that they can't be trusted to make a choice just, I think, is insulting. And so you're such a good example of that. I, I don't want to keep you too long, but you have there's a movie you can find out. But I'm really interested to read your whole book and hear more about um, what happened in Little Rock and what happened in D.C. And, you know, just keep talking we need to hear more in missouri we really need to hear this more we have a lot of parents in the same spot and we don't have the outrage yet and our our leaders are getting away with a lot so i'm hoping we can stoke the fire well i'm you know i'm always available to talk to people and are the right people we have uh you know, a lot of ways to contact me. I can't be everywhere, but I can certainly encourage parents. Uh, the book and the movie will, it really gives people a good start. Yeah. Because it is about a real person who accomplished things. In a million years, <laughs> would I have thought I would be here? It's like a million. <laughs> but it, because at the beginning, all that was on my mind was fighting for my child and learning how to do yeah. that. And I've been really blessed to have had the kind of years where I've been able to affect change with children sure and have. help parents. So it'll come, but parents have got to stand up, yep. raise okay. their voices, and say, we're not going to take this anymore. Information, inspiration, and love. And love. That's awesome. Thank you so much for talking to us. It yeah. was delightful. Thank you, and Thank call you. me anytime. All right. Thanks, Virginia. Thanks for listening to the Show Me Institute podcast. Find more at showmeinstitute.org.